deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin's dream. Hello everyone and welcome to the Shriekcast. I'm ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, it's bright and early on uh, on everyone's favorite holiday, the 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 exploding stuff holiday. Oh yeah, my very favorite. I I I love that that exploding stuff. I love that patriotism, mm-hmm. uh, and and whatever whatever else goes on. <laughs> I'm not sure. Whatever else. It's what, a Wednesday. We, <laughs> yeah, what we love here at at Shrieking Shack headquarters is patriotism. We're all about it. Um, uh, I will steal a burger if someone offers me one, but other than that, <laughs> it's Wednesday. Um, and it was a it was uh, just another day for J.K. Rowling on Twitter as well. Um, I am so glad that on this the day of our can I say season is season three appropriate season three of the Shrieking Shack? Oh yeah, I love that. That's <laughs> okay, great. Yes, yeah, Shrieking Shack season season three. This is the season premiere, and J.K. Rowling has blessed us uh, with some fucking banger tweets um, <laughs> to talk about. Uh, and not only that, so not only did she she serve up some some heat for uh, President Cheeto. As I like to refer to him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Did you come up with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that. I, I like to call him uh, a Cheeto and uh, SpongeBob. And I, I don't know if you know, but his uh, his hair uh-huh. looks weird. Oh, it sure does. You're right. That's so funny. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, so 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 Fourth of July, uh, and the president is getting some fireworks of his own from famous <laughs> children's author J.K. Rowling, who made fun of his spelling for like fifty tweets, and it's great. Like, like yeah, thank you, J.K. yeah, it was it was very good. I mean, uh, the the original uh, Trump tweet is is just completely nuts. Um, but I but I think like part of the the making fun was that he was saying that he was a writer, I guess, and and she's a writer, you see. Um, yeah. And the the tweet is uh, character limit her saying ha 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 with in the middle a little interjection about how he's he spelled a word wrong and it's maybe about five tweets in a row i think that the original tweet was deleted and then she posted a screenshot of it again with her original tweet a few minutes later so (laughs) felt felt really strongly about this one this was a this was a damn good one this is like like psycho pop fan twitter behavior but from jk rowling and i love it like like if she will 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 keep doing this and like i don't know like like full-on cry typing banging her keyboard next time donald trump says something dumb i'm here i'm all here for it like yeah when is she gonna discover emojis that is the question because i feel like this could have could have used some like crying laughing emojis in there Yeah, uh, she she'll quote tweet the next thing and be like, "Who did this?" Crying, crying, laughing emoji. Like, like yeah, that's. I would love that. I would be. I would be so into that. But let's let's dig into the uh, the, you know it, you love it, the bustle 
article on this. Oh, you're right. I do. I do love bustle. Can you? Okay. Um, could you, before I actually read it, could you think you could come up with what the bustle headline for this could be? I feel like we've read enough now that you might be able to like conjure one up, you know? God, I think part of the problem though, is that like, I hear them and the words just are, they are like, they are like the mist and they, you know, they leave me immediately (laughs) as I hear them, but I'll do my best. Um, I'm seeing, I'm seeing like. J.K. Rowling has done it again, colon. Um, epic takedown of D- Donald Trump that only a writer would love. Only Ooh, a writer that is, understands. That is pretty good. That Thanks. is really good. Thank you. Um, but they, they kind of went another direction with it, oh, unfortunately. Okay. But I, I do like yours. Um, uh, I think you could probably land, land a job there cooking, <laughs> cooking those up. <laughs> Um, if you got more of those up your sleeve, but the, but the real one is J.K. Rowling schools Trump on another glaring typo in his tweet, and it'll make you lol. Oof, oof. Yeah, I've got, <laughs> I've got you know, I think mine was pretty good, uh, but I gotta work on work on these headlines uh, before Bessel is gonna op- offer a, an opportunity to me. So, so I'll be I'll be working on that because this one, th- this is a, a good headline. I like the that first a lot. paragraph here is so good too. It, it starts with this won't be the first time that President Donald Trump has been corrected on his use of a particular word. Like, there's a real inherent sadness to that sentence to me. Like, like these people haven't figured out that this doesn't fucking work or like matter or no one cares that like I mean what's that what's that that classic gag about the about like correcting the nazi guard or whatever on his grammar like that's (laughs) like that's that's where we're fucking at like like of course he doesn't know how to spell pour over who who gives one iota of a fuck yeah i feel like we're a little bit past that yeah like maybe many miles past that i would say but you know uh this is you know donald trump entered jk rowling's like ring here with his this this tweet about writing yeah Yeah. talking about writing talking about what a great writer he is and then spelling wrong in that same tweet so i understand why she had to come for him about that the the other thing so you you did mention that that we need we need jk rowling to start using emojis but we Mm -hmm. i think we i think we did get a new rowling thing here and that she was doing the like closed asterisk role play uh like indicating action tweets oh yeah that's true and that is a a good one it's a good one i you know it's kind of fallen out of favor i feel like uh but i'm glad that you know she's like live journal era tweeting yeah about this (laughs) i want to know i mean i guess she does play minecraft so she is a gamer um but I, yeah. I desperately want to know where J.K. Rowling learned the the asterisks to indicate action uh, thing. Maybe maybe in the Harry Potter Minecraft server. I feel like she's oh, all probably. up in that. Yeah, she's probably yeah she's probably got a username like SpongeBob or whatever, like yeah, she did in yeah. that in her on her website when she was talking about going on. Man, we got to get into that some someday. The the whole <laughs> like undercover chat room thing that that's a. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to do a deep dive into her her personal website. Um, 
long story short, I, I think it was maybe MuggleNet or one of those big fan sites had a lot of chat rooms back in the day when before books would drop. And apparently just just having a little fun, she dropped into one under a, a, a pseudonym and started dropping spoilers, I guess. Like, yeah. like saying like what was going to happen. No, they were oh, real, oh, that's, I think. Oh, no, she, that's right. She did a couple of real ones, I think. Yeah, like yeah. nobody would believe her. And so that was the, it was like, what do you, everyone was like, what do you have to base that on? Because they didn't know who it was. And so that was just a little fun, just little a fun little. thing she did. So. Just, just, just mingling with the peons. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this, this Bustle article is very, very long. Like they managed to squeeze a lot of content out of her, like what, four or five tweets here? Which I guess we're doing too, so... I guess we're learning from the masters here, um, <laughs> but uh, but but wow, just just the paragraph ending with Rowling simply retweeted a screenshot of the image and said, yeah, no, like, boom, got him. Thank yeah. you for the coverage, Bustle. Yeah. So there were a lot of people responding to Rowling's tweets, disappointed, uh, you know, typical, you know, I I. I liked Harry Potter when I was growing up, but now that you're coming out against Trump, I'm burning my books or whatever. You know, that's just like normal online stuff. But mm -hmm. she screenshotted a lot of them and we got a, a lot of new catchphrases such as Snape splaining. Oh, yeah. I got another headline for you here about that one. We have uh, J.K. Rowling just introduced us to a new magical term. Uh, excuse me. Oh, wow. I, 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 I think I wrote a better one in my brain there. It's because it's actually J.K. Rowling just introduced us to a magical new Harry Potter term. Mm, uh, yeah. Is there is there a word for the scenario when someone tries to explain the meaning of your own book to you? This is doubly amazing to me because. I, I, I can't think about this because so she's she's pissed off that um that someone compared what trump to snape right like, like yes yes yeah the original tweet is the surprising thing is that jk can't see through mainstream media hysteria after writing the most brilliant brilliant allegory of the exact battle of good and evil we are all enduring the ministry of magic circuit book five and six is the deep state <laughs> Rita Sita <laughs> is, Alpha, is alphabet soup news agency's trump is snape hashtag 5d chess so like okay yeah a pretty fucking dumb tweet yeah um, i mean that's like i i feel like that's par for the course don't engage just fucking you know whatever but i don't i don't give but, a shit about that tweet right because it's just like doesn't fucking matter yeah um but she screenshotted it tweeted it out here's the thing i cannot think about this without also thinking about how like the the mess that like the 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 far right got into in media crit stuff with uh pretending that death of the author isn't like a, a valid reading of books <laughs> and like jk Rowling sort dead. of like well yeah but she's like she's she's stumbled into that trap here right because she's going like ugh, you can't explain my book to me and it's like well i mean everyone has an interpretation that's how literary criticism works right and, like yeah, I I'm also uh, again, can't even start to talk about this now because I have a lot of complex feelings about the characterization of Snape as it goes forward. But mm -hmm. it's incredible to me that she has, you know, transformed Snape into this like heroic character and he's supposed to be absolved of his sins by this like weird, uh, like one sided love story thing nice guy bullshit that happens property of creeping yeah basically and and so uh, i find it very interesting that she uses 
Snape to be the the Snape splaining well actually guy because I that's that's a story for another day but I yeah find that we, interesting we have we have reams of Snape Snape notes to go through for a, a Snape, <laughs> Snape episode but my, uh, my Snape manifesto yeah um yeah we got so we got Snape splaining we got Snape goading we got parcel <laughs> splain just real good fucking shit like. I don't know. Just yeah, yeah. Calm down, JK. How about that? Like, like go, go, go from the treehouse you're in. Step outside, get some fresh air, and then go into the treehouse next to it, and just don't tweet. Yeah, I, I don't know. I really, I like to see this side of her. Not so much the Snape splaining stuff and the continued tweets, but the long thread of ha 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 ha. Like, I'm talking multiple tweets, right? Like, yeah. it, it is a thread of full like tweet hitting, characters ha 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 yeah for hitting the character limit uh uh just full-on ha 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 she's 52 years old like like it's impressive that i guess I, I i guess i guess i don't know any other celebrities especially celebrities of her age who are simultaneously like internet savvy enough to do this kind of thing but also not quite contemporary enough to not do it in a weird embarrassing way you know like 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 she has a twitter account she's very popular on twitter she she keeps up to date on like twitter memes a little bit i guess but also her her like her go-to move is to type like i mean like you were saying like live journal style like RP <laughs> posts. it's really funny i think it's inspiring i think that we could all it's good all, we could all afford to have uh the, that stylistic callback in our tweets so yeah we should all be using asterisks to denote action uh, mm -hmm. in yeah our from now and on. use the full character limit with with laughing yeah bring it back just bring it back <laughs> and bring back twitter let us uh make a song play on our page when people visit it and they can't stop the song oh well yeah obviously and let us choose our top eight friends every week and <laughs> all that good stuff uh so thank you jk like i said season three is starting we are reading prisoner of azkaban now before we get into the reading do you have like any like interesting like I, I I have very vivid memories of the first time I read this book. Do you have any any like life milestones around this time or or, or vivid memories of, of Prisoner of Azkaban? Um, I don't know if I have a, a like a life milestone moment. I do think that this is maybe my my first book that I ever read that that felt maybe this emotional to me. Mm -hmm. I I'm I'm really looking forward to reading this. I I guess without like getting too sappy about it. I just like as a kid, I remember reading it and and feeling like very <clears throat> like moment to moment very emotional about the story. I think that this one is a very different kind of story from from the first two uh in that it's like a pretty like personal story about like family and and you know I I guess I I'll say like spoilers but um you know Harry thinks he's going to go home and and be able to go back with Sirius at the end of the book 
and and when that's like taken away from him when Peter Pettigrew gets away I think like that might be my first memory of crying reading a book I was Mm -hmm. I was so upset by that Mm -hmm. but I think that's it (laughs) yeah I I I don't know like I my thing is less I mean I do also agree I like I I remember this being a very different thing to read compared to the last two and like it, it hit me a different way but but my thing is that I read this cover to cover over the course of like six hours or so mm-hmm. um, waiting in line at the uh, Department of Immigration waiting to get my green card like as a kid. Uh, mm. And like, so I have a very strong image of like really sterile green like government building hallways and stuff associated with this book. And like, yeah. Whenever I think about like Azkaban, that's just kind of what I think about is like government building. And like, I know the movies turned Azkaban into like this weird, uh, like black octahedron pillar thing, but I just always <laughs> thought of like a prison prison, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a wild experience. Like, like I started the first page outside on the street. And then by the time it was our turn, I had finished the book, like just read the entire thing waiting in line uh, as a kid it was very very strange yeah that's a very a very strong sense memory to associate with with a book yeah yeah i i like that and that's just like always what i think of when i re- when i see this increasingly like goofy cover uh the american covers for this this book series are are pretty incredible who is that on the back is that supposed to be Ginny or luna or hermione i forget who it's Hermione, it's, right? It's an extremely good good uh, cover. I, when I first looked at it, I was like, well, that's Ginny because she has red hair. But as far as I know, Ginny never rides on Buckbeak with Harry. I don't I do not expect Ginny to be in this book at all. Um, and so yeah. maybe maybe I will. My expectations will will uh, will not be not be true. And, and she'll be in it. But I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be Hermione. I don't know why they made her hair red. I feel like that's very confusing. <laughs> yeah the i mean the cover illustrations are good but I, I feel like they get like less and less related to the although then again the chamber of secrets one literally had the plot twist on the cover so maybe not uh yeah that's true i didn't really really take a look at that one but um this one is good uh i love buckbeak so yeah buckbeak that's that's something yeah i guess i guess uh what stuff you're looking forward to in this book i guess buckbeak is a big one i i would I would agree with that for sure. Um, I'm I'm very much looking forward to talking to you about time travel. Um, Hell yes. I I don't know if I will feel as favorably toward the the time travel twist this time around that I I did um, uh, before. I'm looking forward to uh, H- Harry caring about something. I would yes. say I'm looking forward to not having to deal with Voldemort for a book because after his extremely extra Chamber of Secrets debut, I guess mm. I need I need a break from that. I don't need that kind of drama in my life. <laughs> you don't you don't need you don't need anagrams. Nope, nope. I've I've had enough. I am you know Voldemort and I are you know taking a break from each other while I read Prisoner of Azkaban. So <laughs> looking forward to that. What about you? Um. I'm looking forward to Luna and wow. Um, excuse me. I'm looking forward to like Luna. She's introduced in this book, I think. And I'm looking forward. To, I believe so. Cause this is divination class. 
and Thestrals and stuff. Is it? Yeah, I, I think thought... we've got I've, we've got some Trelawney content coming up too, which I was I was going to say I was also looking forward to. Hmm. I have Cause, no cause the, memory. Yeah, because it's the Grim. Remember everyone? Yeah, but I don't know what that has to do with Luna. Does she I give him advice the, about it? I think she can see the Thestrals as well. Is the thing right? Or is but that Harry book? Harry can't see uh, them until book four. Because oh, he, see, he right. sees them that's once right. Cedric dies. Okay, so no, I'm not looking forward to Luna. I'm looking forward to to divination class. I'm looking forward to Trelawney. I remember liking her a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just flipping through my book because I, I mean, she might be in it. I, I have no idea. I, I have almost she was, but I, I could have be almost wrong. no memory of her being introduced. She just kind of is is there suddenly. But but it's. It's very possible. I probably just kind of mashed the memories of like the good goofy characters together, you know. That seems reasonable. Um, yeah. I, I guess I'm. I'm also looking forward to all all the the Marauder stuff. I also that's going to be good to talk about the fandom about because the fandom is has quite a lot of opinions about the Marauders. So this is this is the book of other than Half Blood Prince. This is the book with the most Marauder content, right? Like, this is the. Yeah, other than like serious popping in and out, this is the, this is the big the big reveal. You know, we get a lot more context about Hogwarts at another time, I guess, mm-hmm. and also like context about like Harry's parents. Because other than knowing that they were murdered, we don't know anything about why or how or yeah. you know. I mean, we know how, but we don't really <laughs> know much about that. So, looking forward to it. Yeah. Shall we move into the actual reading? Yeah, let's do it. And, and we'll get basically nothing of what we talked about so far. But, <laughs> but here we go. Um, we start off with, with chapter one, which is called Owl Post. These chapters are, are real short in that nothing really, not a whole lot happens uh, in them. So this should be pretty brief. Uh, we start and Harry is, is doing his, his homework under his blanket. I, I feel like I had a very vivid memory of the of the movie in this scene. He's mm-hmm. we get a lot of exposition kind of about the Dursleys and why they hate magic and how Harry wishes he was at school. He hates being at home and he has to sneak doing his homework. We get a little bit of uh, like insight into the homework he's doing, which in particular is about witch burning so that'll come up we'll we'll talk about that mm-hmm. he has forgotten that it's his birthday and some owls arrive to to bring gifts and and honestly the bulk of this chapter is exposition about harry's friends and the things that happened last year to him and his thoughts about his friends so i'll just kind of go in order he gets a newspaper clipping from Ron. His family has won uh, like a kind of annual galleon, sounds like a, a raffle of some kind, and has spent that money to go to to Egypt to go visit Bill for the summer. And so he sees like the picture of them in the newspaper. Um, and Ron sends a, a sneakoscope to to Harry for his birthday. So that's Ron's gift. And and he thinks about how, how Ron's family is very deserving of winning those galleons because they're very nice and very poor. <laughs> uh, the next thing is Hermione is, sends a, a nice letter and she's in holiday, uh, on holiday in France and has sent Harry a broomstick servicing kid. And he's like, he really likes that. 
Hagrid sent the monster book of monsters. There's kind of a cute scene of it, you know, scuttling around on, on the ground. And Harry's, you know, has kind of the ominous thought. Why, why does Hagrid think this is going to come in handy for me? It's a book that's a monster. And then he also has a letter from Hogwarts that kind of details when the train is leaving and when term is starting and what his supplies are. But it also has a permission slip to go visit the wizarding village of Hogsmeade and he needs to get his guardian to sign it. And he has kind of uh, some some looming dread about that. How is he going to get the Dursleys to sign it? And that is the end of the chapter. I love this chapter. I thought this was cute. Like, yeah, it's, it's frustrating to think about how little of this kind of thing was in Chamber of Secrets. Uh, Harry actually seems to care about his friends here in a way that he clearly fucking didn't in the last book. Um, that was like my my first major takeaway from this. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I I think that for this chapter, if I'm remembering correctly, the first chapter of Chamber of Secrets had a similar level of exposition, if not more, but it it was so boring. Literally just pages of of Harry thinking about the exposition, whereas I think that this chapter did it a lot more seamlessly. I was not bored. I, I think it picked out the relevant parts that, you know, kind of need to know it didn't explain the rules of quidditch there was a moment there where i was like it's gonna do it it's gonna do it because i think that it says it's like after he gets the the broomstick servicing kit and he says you know it's a it's a crazy sport that's played on broomsticks and i was like here we fucking go (laughs) yeah i I thought the same thing (laughs) (laughs) so so it just went went into that and so like i think the difference here is it's like the the exposition is folded into genuine character moments yeah. in this chapter. You know, Hermione sends a broomstick servicing kit. We get the little kind of Harry thinking that, oh, she didn't, she wouldn't send a book, right? And it's like, no, she really thought about something that I would like. And he's so, he, he says to himself, I think, wow, Hermione, uh, he can't believe it. And then it's like a little aside about Quidditch, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's I, a lot I, smoother. Like, yeah. You know, weirdly, uh, and maybe this is because we, you know, we, we've left Chamber of Secrets kind of thinking it was a disaster of a book, but <laughs> I almost wonder if we had that reader question way, way back when we started two about starting with two. I almost feel like this this does enough where you could start with three. And maybe that's the point of why she always starts the book these way, this way. Mm-hmm. You know, with like the exposition and the and the like quick recap of the previous book. But uh, but like this, I could after slogging through Chamber of Secrets, I could see, you know, maybe you could start with three, honestly, like, yeah, like it's this. Re- this does tell you all you need to know about him and his friends and like his situation at the Dursleys and stuff. Yeah. And I guess we get that little bit about about Voldemort. Doesn't he kind of think back about his his showdown yeah. in the second second book it's it's hard to mm-hmm. um to kind of have, have context context on that having you know read yeah. all of them um i think the one difficulty is voldemort not being in this book which might be a, a downside of of this one to start with but hard to say yeah don't don't worry we'll when in long down the road when we get to book four we're gonna start with a whole chapter of just voldemort <laughs> yeah um, yeah we'll make up for lost time in this book for sure yeah yeah i so i i i love this 
like th- this this chapter kind of uh fills in some things i've always felt were kind of weird about the previous two books like for one thing uh i love that he's excited to do his schoolwork or or or, or you know like wants to do it and is hiding sneaking doing his schoolwork and stuff yeah when a weird thing what we you know we talked about previously is how jaded he already seemed with the wizard world in two Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. like how bored he was with homework and how little he cared about doing his elective classes and stuff. Um, uh, but here it's it feels a lot more believable that he, he, you know, is excited to be, you know, to be doing his his work compared to what Life of the Dirthlies is like. Yeah. Um, and we, we also get this little. Uh, we, we get a little bit of insight into his homework, which I think is fun. Uh with he's writing a a paper called witch burning in the 14th century was completely pointless which is like the prompt i guess and we get like a little excerpt from from the book that he's reading which i really enjoy however yeah uh coming <laughs> off of our fantastic beasts episode by the way subscribe to the patreon listen to us bitch about uh fantastic beasts like it is unavoidable how uh I, I don't know like how big a retcon this was right like like we here we are in the third book this was written in 1999 uh like plain as day with with the the concept of like witch burnings and witch trials and stuff being a joke to wizards as opposed to it being this like weird looming like historical trauma that it becomes in fantastic beasts all of a sudden it's very it's it's weird like like it's such a i think this might be the most blatant change she made and like in the tone as the stories went forward yeah it sure feels like a regret to me like it feels like there was a story that she wanted to tell really bad and didn't do it here but instead of just writing a different story she like retconned this stuff which yeah. i guess is like fine i mean fantastic beasts is a different story than than harry's story um i am not interested in the fantastic beast story and i think it sucks <laughs> a whole lot um but it's so weird reading this because one we get this like jokey joke about about which which burning and how like absolutely what a what a riot it was for like witches and wizards because they didn't give a shit and even the little excerpt from the from the textbook is that um there is a witch that is named by name Wendelin the weird who enjoyed being burned so much that she allowed herself to be caught no less than 47 times in various disguises um this is like a curiosity kind of um yeah and then also this is the other chapter where it is I guess referenced in in very uh I, I suppose explicit terms Harry is thinking about the Dursleys and and how how much uh he he doesn't like like to be there and how much they suck and it's obviously in in contrast to this like fanciful like magical paper that he's writing and he says for years Ampetunia and uncle vernon had hoped that if they kept harry as downtrodden as possible they would be able to squash the magic out of him and and fucking fantastic beasts is all about literally that happening to someone and having them turn into a giant city destroying monster um so it's it's funny to see these themes pop up and feeling like this is the story that she wants to tell and she can't like figure out how to do it i guess yeah 
uh it's like at this point like like fantastic beasts could have just been like a different franchise or something you know like just start a new fantasy thing it's okay yeah i mean um, there's like that kind of i mean i don't necessarily think this is true but like the idea that like the author like authors write the same story forever yeah. and and this is like when i read this i'm like here is that but it all has to take place in the in the harry potter universe for some reason <laughs> for this story in particular yeah. um and like and again, like I'm fine with different kinds of of things happening in the same universe. I'm not trying to point this out as like a plot hole issue. If it weren't for for the way that this franchise is treated, like it's like it's a puzzle that needs to be put together. Mm-hmm. I guess is the way I'll say it. Like I, like this is the kind of thing where I feel like instead of just stepping back and saying, you know, I I had Harry's story in mind and it had this this tone and and context. Um, but it's a story I'm interested in, and and the Fantastic Beasts story is a different different story with a different tone. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's fine to me. But that's never how this stuff is treated. So I'm I'm just I'm just a little little bit laughing at this. I also much prefer the tone of this story yes. than the Fantastic yeah. Beasts one. Um, so I won't talk. I'll, I that's it. I won't talk about Fantastic Beasts anymore in this episode. I'm <laughs> Fantastic I'm Beasts is our up. next Norbert chapter. Uh, yeah, it's gonna yeah. keep. It's, it's gonna, gonna keep, keep coming back up. up. Um, <laughs> I so yeah. So I, I I thought that was cute. Uh, and I I also so like when the, when the presents start arriving and stuff, I I really appreciated the um getting an insight into like harry what harry actually thinks about his friends and like, finally what they mean to him. yeah like it's three books in and we're, we're 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 just now getting an aside about like what what is what these friendships mean to him um which is so weird because i i i mean <laughs> uh check out our previous uh podcast called the shrieking <laughs> shack about the uh the chamber of secrets and how fucked up it is that he never expresses any emotions about his friends at all but like here i don't know we we get we get some nice stuff i will say uh harry i you're rich and this thing with calling the weasleys very nice and very poor is like really funny and the it's specifically the part where, where he's like smiling to himself thinking like like ah no one deserves to win a pile of money more than the weasleys and i'm just thinking like okay now follow that thread like a little (laughs) bit um it's i i would call that line like uh, something that i think is happening in both of these chapters and and you can tell me if you think i'm just making this up because i think that i think that jk rowling has a very specific style um and it definitely comes through in the in the first two books, but I feel like she is much more uninhibited in this book, or at least has more creative control, or maybe is just more confident in her writing. But I would call that like a, a Rowlingism, like that that line that is is Harry couldn't think of anyone who deserved to win a large pile of gold more than the Weasleys, comma who were very nice and extremely poor. End sentence. That is like. That is J.K. Rowling, like, yeah. signature sentence. And and there were, like, a lot more of those in these couple chapters. I picked out, like, a few of them that I, I just think, like, stylistically, she seems much more, like, self-possessed. Like, uh, when Harry is thinking about 
uh, his, his like Voldemort and what happened last year at school. He says they had been murdered, comma, murdered by the most feared dark wizard for a hundred years, comma, Lord Voldemort. Like stylistically mm-hmm. speaking, this is all is just like, she seems so confident. There's like, a lot of flourishes, like, like little extra and like often really snarky. Like, like you'll, you'll get like a sentence of three parts from her right Mm -hmm. and the first two parts will be like like straight-faced exposition or whatever and then the (laughs) third part will be like a little snarky editorial thing yeah yeah it's it it hits like an interesting kind of i i guess it's like an like feels unpredictable to read and and i think that that she definitely comes into her own in these two chapters some cases i would say not for necessarily all good but in in a lot of moments it the the text itself and and the style has a lot of character yeah yeah i could see that for sure i i I think that 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 definitely applies this this i couldn't quite put my finger on why but these chapters did feel different um Mm -hmm. and I, i mean we i think we said similar things about chamber of secrets like like moving from philosopher's stone to chamber of secrets feels like a jump in in style as well like like the first book really feels like a kid's book in many ways like yeah very simple sentences uh not a lot of ambiguity in like meaning or tone it's just like you know straightforward here's the story and like in in like very simple language Mm -hmm. and like Book two, especially when it started, had a lot more. Um, I don't know. I guess you would. I guess it does kind of fall into the Rowlingisms category. But like the, the, here, it's just like this is Rowling unleashed. Like the, I think this moving forward is how I remember her style. You know, like yeah, like, yeah, definitely. Um, this I, this is I, the way I remember Harry Potter books being paced, like in my mind's eye. You know, I, I do wonder if if this is a she has written two, she has two books under her belt and is is much more confident in her writing, or if it's an editing thing. Like I, I wonder if you know having two enormous, like huge bestsellers, if going into this one, uh, she had a little bit more muscle in, in keeping some of this stylistic, like, like you said, flourishes in, like, I, I almost see like another sentence that I pulled out, um, is actually a part that I completely forgot to talk about because it's told in retrospect by Harry, which is when Ron calls the Dursleys. Yes. Um, and there's a sentence and it says most unluckily it had been uncle Vernon who had answered the call. And that strikes me as like the use of the word unluckily seems like something an editor would take out in a kid's book, but maybe like gets to stay in cause it's JK Rowling. now. And... I, I could totally see that. Cause like while I was, uh, I was reading up on some stuff around this book, I'd completely forgotten. Do you remember the weird controversy when this book came out and all the other authors were pissed off that the, the, the New York times and like a bunch of other like reputable, like bestseller lists were just, it was JK Rowling was the top three in all of them. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. I, it, like, like there's, there's some great news articles and stuff about like, like they, they, they changed the New York times, I think, or maybe it was the New York review of books. It was one of, one of those like major, uh, like, publisher tracker things like they changed the rules of how um 
of like how books were tracked because Harry Potter was just at the top three slots permanently, basically. Wow. Um, so I could see, yeah, I could see it, you know, like, like JK Rowling having this kind of leverage to be like, mm, no, I think I know how to write a book uh, you know, <laughs> with her editor. Uh, yeah. And, and honestly, I do like it. Like I like this. Uh, I like some of these, these flourishes that, that said like most unluckily, like it's such a, it adds a lot of texture and like weird, kind of an unpredictable defies your expectations uh, kind of feeling so far i don't think it works always but but in a lot of cases i i do i do really like it i think a lot of it is and well i think i have more to say or 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 like this applies more in the next chapter but i'll say it here just because it i I think it fits with our Mm -hmm. discussion on the writing style i think this is where like, like everyone talks about chamber of secrets being a dark book but that's really the plot here the language is getting darker and like the tone overall like tone and presentation yeah. is getting darker mm-hmm. and i think that that is the the thing that's changing here and and, and like maybe where the the parts that you, you know, we're seeing that don't quite work as well as, as others like this this feels like the first time that she's really like dabbled in making the whole thing have like like the like this is soaked in a mood that the other books have not been at the beginning so far like mm-hmm. um and, and i think maybe that has something to do with it like 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 now the entire aesthetic is dark as opposed to just being like well you know it's written in that kind of kids book you know fun whimsical way but like the story elements are dark but this is like the language itself is sarcastic and dark and uh a little bit meaner in a way you know and there's part of that i really like like i I like the cynicism in it um i think it's i think it's like appropriate for for a book about a teenager and like what's happening in the story but but like i think there might be some growing pains with like when to deploy it you know yeah no yeah that makes sense to me i i think that that seems really true because because like you know when 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 harry's thinking about the dursleys when harry's thinking about aunt marge when harry's thinking about voldemort like that 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 cutting sarcastic edge totally makes sense when he's thinking about his best friend ron and how poor his family is it feels weird to deploy it there you know (laughs) um but 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 i overall i like it but it is a, I, I think it is that the style itself is getting darker yeah yeah and i think that like the kind of and, and maybe i was just in a mood when i was reading it but like this this whole even first chapter which on the surface like has very cute stuff and i like hearing what harry thinks about his friends but there is that kind of sinister um undertones and it feels very claustrophobic he's stuck there with the dursleys and it's kind of this this window into this other world um even the 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 scene with with ron calling and it it again like again talk about jk rowling's like stylistic choices all of his yelling is in all caps in that chapter Mm -hmm. um and harry is just kind of kind of helpless in that scene not in the way that he's not doing anything but where where he's he's truly kind of helpless in this world um and then also i found the the note from ron about the sneak sneak a scope to be very creepy it's very weird. 
it, it's it's very good. Like, I mean, obviously the the thing for those that don't remember, the sneakoscope is supposed to like light up and spin around when someone untrustworthy is around. And in in Ron's note, he says, Bill says it's just sold to to tourists and doesn't actually work. Um, when it was like lighting up during dinner. But what he didn't know is that Fred and George put beetles in his soup. So maybe it does work. Obviously, the the kind of the backwards backwards reading of that is that Peter Pettigrew was at the table. Right. right? Yeah, so yeah. so like that kind of like sinister, uh, I, I guess, stuff is fun. And I and I like that kind of sinister, dark version of magic that that kind of is popping up in this book so far. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I like that stuff a lot. Um, can we talk about... So they got 700 galleons, right? That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of money as yeah. far as we know. I mean, I like, think that there is a there is like... Techni- we can technically convert that. I will have to type very loudly, though. Well, well, I don't know if we need that because like didn't didn't Harry's wand cost like a couple of sickles or whatever? Or I something? thought it cost like two galleons or something or maybe that's it maybe but, but like like the most important object in in the world only costs so much and they get 700 i one it's it's incredible the newspaper has that to give away that's that's impressive but two <laughs> uh like uh, this this is just me getting into my like my world building zone how did they spend 700 galleons going to egypt they're fucking wizards can't they port key there or something how how does the travel economy work do they get on a plane did they did they convert to muggle money and and go by coach like like i'm curious how they managed to spend all that money and still remain poor for the sake of the sake of the story you know yeah um i i don't i don't know how well thought out the the like conversion is no it, it's it's one of those things it doesn't matter it's just that like she put a number on it and so i'm like well okay hold on yeah yeah for sure um i know you said we didn't need it but i you know oh hell yeah i i, I do think it's it's a little bit funny um for some reason google is not giving me a very precise number but the galleon should be between uh like 50 pounds and 200 pounds which i assume Jesus. means that there which i assume means there is some discrepancy so let's um let's be conservative and say that a galleon is about 100 bucks so they got like $7000 yeah jeez so i don't know i, mean, I have I no what, idea how expensive how- a trip from from uh england to egypt is i mean um, like look if you if if we're talking like muggle money pretty expensive but they're wizards and like that's the part where i'm like like what does a wizard holiday entail yeah the travel shouldn't be too expensive i don't know i i would have to assume that like accommodations or staying somewhere would be about the same amount of money it's just like a wizard hotel right yeah um i I, I don't know. I'm definitely in I'm definitely in this camp of like I definitely don't have enough money to travel to Egypt, so I have no fucking idea what that yeah. like it, I have no ballpark like idea of what that could cost because I know I don't I don't got it. So right, I mean like <laughs> same here, but also like like just thinking about like what like, what could they possibly be spending all that that money on because i'm just thinking about all the things they wouldn't need to spend money on compared to 
to re- you know real life or whatever. It it doesn't matter. I just I found mean, that funny that well, they. Well, hold on. Let's talk about this. So, right, so the, right. I, th- I think like so the wizarding world is capitalist. Like we know that, yes. right? Like we we've been to the shops. We know that like that that's how it works. Um, so maybe there are like. So I, I'm going to have to assume that they probably travel by port key. They haven't been to Egypt, so they can't apparate, which is like the free method of travel. And you also mm-hmm. can't do it from very far. I'm going to guess that there are like port key companies, right? Like I, I think that there are there are travel. Oh, like companies. travel agencies. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and I and I bet you that that you have to spend like the same amount of money that you would spend on a plane ticket on a on a port key because would, there's just like a that. fucking porky company that's that you know has a has a monopoly and is just charging fees for no reason yeah and at the last minute they'll they'll change your meal on the port key and and uh <laughs> um i guess like accommodations could be expensive too like like if like wizards are definitely outnumbered by muggles so i guess like maybe maybe that like if you're buying room and board or whatever for your the whole weasley family that that could probably add up quite fast yeah and you you just won i was gonna say are there no chimneys in egypt can you not flu powder there i bet that's like the same sort of thing like i bet the flu networks are really expensive right like i don't know if you can flu that far but i bet like for for flu trips that are within your city that's probably like fine but i bet like fluing between like countries is is more yeah more arduous or maybe you have to make multiple stops we also have learned in this chapter about traveling brooms oh that's true yeah because there's long dis- there's the compass the long distance the uh, yeah. tr- travel compass so yeah maybe maybe it's something like that maybe they had to rent brooms to fly to egypt yeah i assume that would be like renting a car right and you still have yeah. to stop and stay at hotels on your way because you can't fly for for that long so yeah i don't know nationalize the flu network that's all i'm saying yeah i agree <laughs> yeah okay we can we can move on i just I, like I, I i thought about this like like she's putting a number on it they're still poor at the end of it like curious well yeah that's their character that's their character so if if they weren't poor they would just be different people (laughs) god (laughs) (laughs) um i'm like i so here's another thing just just moving down the list of gifts here the uh the the broom kit thing that, that, that hermione got harry is super great i thought i think that's super cute again there is like a weirdly condescending way to read this, right? Where Harry's like, wow, Hermione, like you actually got something I wanted or whatever is really <laughs> like, yeah. I like it. Like that does feel like a 13 year old, like, like thinking about his, his friends with different interests, but this, but just the, the genuine surprise that he has that, that, that like Hermione thought about uh, like a little harder about like what he would like is really funny <laughs> yeah definitely and he he does express some some worry that it's gonna be a book um but no it's 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 good he seems very 13 in this chapter to me in the ways yeah. that, that that work um i i like this permission slip setup i think that Finally, instead of just stuff happening to him and him, him being like, huh, 
and then the end of the chapter, he he doesn't form a plan, but he has a character motivation in this chapter that's set mm-hmm. up that that I I appreciate. Finally, yeah. Shall we move Finally. to the next chapter? Yeah, uh, let's do that. Uh, chapter two is called Aunt Marge's Big Mistake, which I kind of laughed a little bit about the, at that <laughs> chapter title. Um, another short one. Not a whole lot happens, although I, I guess like the events there are there aren't very many but but it's you know a bit of a longer chapter it's uh a dursley time it's it's harry going down in the morning and and seeing the dursleys they see sirius black on the news and we get some just kind of good good dursley flavor i guess we you know vernon has a little bit of of talking about he he looks like a layabout and looks like you know no no reason to say he's no good i can tell because his hair is long um and and petunia is is spying on the neighbors so so just just kind of good good dursley stuff then it turns out that vernon is going to pick up aunt marge and and harry thinks about how aunt marge is it's just the worst just absolutely awful and is mean to him and he kind of recalls some of the other times that that aunt marge has has been at the house and he's been chased by her her dogs and and she's super mean to him and and horrible Uh, just like just like vernon but but maybe worse as vernon's on the way out to go pick up marge harry thinks of a plan and he runs to vernon and and strikes a bargain with him that he will uphold Vernon's story about the the school that Harry goes to and how he's a muggle and he's, you know, no, no good. Uh, and if he keeps up that story for the whole week that Marge is going to be there, then Vernon will sign his permission slip. Aunt Marge arrives. She's the worst, uh, just like Harry, Harry said, and, and Harry gets very mad because she is is talking about how his school should should beat him more and and he's just no good and and over the course of i think the next three days we get just like a few looks into aunt marge's kind of escalation of being very abusive and and bullying to harry and harry's like trying to keep his cool there's there's at, at one point she starts talking about how he's no good because his his blood is bad and is because dad was shitty and and he explodes her wine glass without meaning to because he's so mad and you know he keeps trying trying to keep it in but finally aunt marge gets super drunk at a dinner and starts mocking harry for his parents dying in a car crash i guess and harry gets so mad and blows her up like a balloon without meaning to he's in such a rage he realizes what he's done. He runs. He he kicks open the door of the closet and gets his his school stuff. Vernon tries to stop him from storming out of the house. He pulls his wand on Vernon, says, "You keep away from me," and he leaves the Dursleys in a rage. And that is the end of the chapter. I love uh, just at the beginning of this chapter before we get into the Aunt Marge stuff. The <laughs> the small segment of the Dursleys watching the TV and seeing the news and and Petunia spying on the neighbors. I think is my favorite slice of like Dursley life yet we've gotten in these books. Yeah. This is like that, that cutting social commentary of the Dursleys that I just can't get enough of. It is so good. It's super funny. And like also like combined with the phone call scene from the first chapter, this like, like the Dursleys are fucking falling apart, right? Like, like, (laughs) 
like they are barely holding it together at all times like they they they're getting more paranoid they're getting more angry um like like vernon's like barking at the tv about sirius black and like all that stuff and also just i love that the reason that he can tell that sirius black is like 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 you said like you know he's got long hair and looks like a layabout like he has such a like 1960s like anti-hippie <laughs> vibe or whatever like it's it's so dated and, and and strange um um but yeah just the detail of like like petunia agreeing with with uh what's it, like vernon saying like oh this is why all these people should be hanged like like that's the only solution for this and and she's nodding and, and agreeing while also spying through the through the plants at the neighbors like like it's such a it's such a cartoony image of them, but it is, I love it. Like it's, it's so perfect. Yeah. It's very cartoony and yet it rings so true. I feel like it evokes such that feeling of being stuck with family members you don't like. And they're just saying the wildest shit in the world. And you're just like, (laughs) you're just stuck there on fucking Thanksgiving or whatever. And you're just like, holy shit, these people. Um, This whole chapter has that feel uh, in a lot of ways. (laughs) Like just, gritting your teeth while people around you are just saying the most fucked up stuff yeah i and it also sheds such a a, like a fun light on vernon and petunia's relationship like you said like her just like fervently agreeing with his like dumb bullshit about about Sirius Black and then Harry's observation that she would be like Aunt Petunia would love to call the hotline on Sirius Black like it just it characterizes them it's so simple and it's so effective here it's super good it reminds me of a uh there's a short story uh like weirdly this is a a, like a, a completely different time period about a different thing like this was a short story that was written post 9-11 but it's called adams and it's about like neighbors being shitty to each other and spying on each other and stuff but it has like a a similar tone of just like the the like rich neighborhood paranoia type thing Mm -hmm. i guess yeah Um, like vernon is just i i i like i i it's 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 wild thinking that this characterization was so strong here kind of before like like this is like the sweet spot for the books right like this is before it becomes like this kind of like paranoid like post 9-11 global like politics story you know mm-hmm. and and like the the dursley like this kind of dursley would still fit in in like you know uh or phoenix and, and and so on but like seeing it here is really funny um where they are perhaps i i guess less um like here it's like less of a commentary it doesn't have to be a commentary about anything broader than the type of people the dursleys are like there's lots (laughs) of there's lots of fiction that trades in like this sort of humor um and observations about like people being paranoid and stuff but like it's it's meant to be like oh and this is what everything's like right now we live in a society and 9-11 happened but like this is before that was kind of how every story went and so it being them seeming even more ridiculous as opposed to like relatable ridiculous i guess is is kind of sobering and also very funny i guess yeah yeah that was definitely the best stuff with the dursleys i guess let's touch briefly on the worst stuff with which is uh jk rowling really 
coming into her extreme fat phobia in this in this yeah. chapter absolutely what? out of control very uncomfortable to read i i yeah think. i like i've previously not had that much of a problem with the way the dursleys are characterized in that regard like i get it they're they are they are they are big lazy conservatives like that's the that's the joke right mm-hmm that's kind of all you need like you you have that image in your head and you can imply mm. you know you can infer whatever the way that it is like repeatedly told to you here is uncomfortable um because it it, it takes it from being like this is just one of the many traits that the dursleys have to this is the thing you should always keep in the front of your mind when thinking about a dursley is that uh, aside from petunia that they are all huge yeah it's bothersome i don't know like it it's it 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 it, like it's always been a part of the books Mm -hmm. it was definitely a part of of one and two but there it would just sort of like mostly be commenting on like you know oh like like vernon is it would they would just drop occasionally like like vernon is pig-like or beefy or whatever and like those are not I think those I think those are I'd say that's like fair game for like character descriptions, you know, like mm-hmm. like like you're, you need to physically describe a character, you know, the way characters are designed, say stuff about them. That's just how story writing goes. Whatever. It's fine here. Like it's bordering on like grotesque in a lot of a lot of yeah. ways. Like like Dudley is described as having like what nine chins or whatever. And I don't know. It's it's and like the, they're wobbling and and like there's like every sentence has something about how they're they're wobbling or moving or like there's the thing about uh, Vernon heavily getting to his feet and stuff. It's like calm the fuck down. We do not need a reminder every every paragraph, you know. Yeah, I I think that like this this chapter moves beyond the literary shorthand and i i would i would argue that like the literary shorthand for like fat equals like lazy is lazy writing and uh, not not great to begin with but it was it was uh in the back periphery you know like yeah and and she i i think that like these books at least so far are taking taking cues from um like Roald Dahl for instance this this chapter reminded me of that uh that illustration that people really like to to put around and it's a an illustration from Roald Dahl I can't I cannot for the life of me remember like what it's from but but you've probably seen it because people like to look at it and not think about it for more than like two seconds before reposting it and it's an illustration of like a lady morphing into what I would describe as like a um uh, like a typical like kids illustration of like a witch or a hag and and the oh, text yeah, yeah. and the text is like you know if you have it's like everyone is pretty but if you start having ugly thoughts that's like what you end up looking like like it yeah. externalizes your ugly thoughts and i and i feel like like this is kind of 
kind of that but you're right and and it's like i know that she takes from this this tradition of of like literary shortcuts especially in children's literature to kind of shorthand this kind of stuff which i would say is bad right like that's that's a problem that we need to stop doing but at least it's like the status quo i guess um it like she's not defying anything or really like saying anything new but she is taking it like past this shorthand into like you said this realm of the grotesque yeah right like to be clear i don't think it was great to to begin with i would say that it was uh predictable at best you know right um but it was still in that realm of like (laughs) <laughs> like the sort you, you sort of like compartmentalize it was like well this is just how writing is a lot of the time like this is this is uh this is par for the course here yeah. it's just like getting into like add it to the list of things jk rowling has a problem with like number one animals number two <laughs> fat people like like not a fan yeah. uh yeah it's 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 uncomfortable it's unpleasant it i i when we were talking about this episode, I, I brought this up, but the there's that post that everyone uh, everyone talks about on you know, online the the like what what men how men write women in novels thing like you know, <laughs> she breasted boobly down the stairs like like just uh, this rings a little bit like like how thin people write about fat people in books or something. It's like, you just have to keep on hammering like, Ooh, and they're fat too. Like just really. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So not, not a fan of that. I think it, it, it takes it from like par for the course, bad into like, uh, aggressively bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like you made it worse somehow. Um, so that's not good. Um, and I guess I'm trying to think of like how, how to transition on from our from from this. I guess we can talk about Aunt Marge, who is also yeah. fat. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and has a and has a mustache. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so she is the worst. Um, aside from her physical self, uh, her, that like I liked the I guess her characterization yes yeah like her all everything she was saying especially like did you aunt petunia does not like marge right like no i i liked that part a lot she yeah. does not like marge and she doesn't like that she she brings her dog because it, it says aunt petunia doesn't like animals and and the dog is like getting uh tea all over her her kitchen floor that's like sparkling like we know aunt petunia takes pride in like her house being clean so she Mm -hmm. she does not like that um yeah i i liked that that this is a bridge too far even for petunia mm -hmm. um uh especially because i i and i get i don't know how how much we can really read into this as in far of like how this ties into the later books but like there is an element there it's like well marge keeps shit talking her sister like is there some is there like a a a little bit of stuff going on there or is it just that she just doesn't like this big messy lady who's yeah yeah no i i kind of i kind of like to read a little bit into petunia's character she's she's kind of a sad sad character she didn't Mm -hmm. you know get to go to magic school and so she resented her sister who was then murdered and she 
you know, she loves her son and, and it seems like she and Vernon get along, but she's like definitely trying to like fit into like this, the muggle world, which she's kind of like, ha- she doesn't like want to know about, about wizards, but like her relationship just kind of like seems sad. Like she can't even put her foot down to like have Marge not stay for a week and bring her horrible dog. Like, yeah. Well, there, there's a thing with Petunia with like how she's a character who has like at least heard a like a, a a whispering of like that there is a better world out there that she could have been in, you mm-hmm. know, been a part of, and like the way she sort of had that resentment curdle inside her, I guess is 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 a really interesting way to read that character. I like her a lot in mm-hmm. this scene. Like there's just sort of subtle stuff with like. Like this, the there's the I think in both of the um the major Marge scenes where she's you know shit talking Harry and and stuff. I think Petunia is like leaving the room or not saying anything or just like elsewhere. Like like she's not sticking around. It's it's only Vernon who is uh really happy with um with having Marge there and like Dudley hugs her but only because they're like there's observation Harry has about how like it you know it comes with monetary rewards or whatever and mm-hmm. um that stuff is 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 very funny I, I i just like that there's this character here who is so awful even the dursleys for the most part can't hang with her yeah i i wonder if you got a an impression from this one though and it's that i one there is an escalation of abuse against harry right like yes. like this this is like it's always referenced i guess but there's very little like actual bad stuff that we see that happens to harry this is the most like awful i think that it gets and i don't know if it gets worse in later books i feel like harry is a little bit like has more like you know fends off the dursleys in later books because he's he's more magical or or older or whatever it is um but i think this is the clearest that i felt like like marge is fucking awful and she kind of puts the dursleys in a better light but there is like a moment when marge is just like laying into harry and is being just the most god-awful person on god's earth and the Dursleys, I think it says like the Dursleys start looking tense. And, and I had this like visceral moment of just like wanting the Dursleys to be the good guys for like a second. I was like, please, like he, like he is a 13 year old boy and she is just being fucking horrible. And I wanted more than anything else for like Vernon or Petunia to just say, Marge, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Because they're, and, and it, and it's like, it feels bad when they don't i guess not not in a bad way i'm not i'm not criticizing i'm saying that like i was surprised by kind of my like emotional response to the scene where she's escalating her abuse to harry speaking of like so a speaking of escalating abuse and b going back to what you were saying in the first chapter about how like it feels like jk rowling has a bit more like weight to throw around mm-hmm. i don't i don't not making a joke about her <laughs> writing all the characters as fat but like the line about how if there's something wrong with the bitch there'll be something wrong with the pup Woo! like i mean again like like in character i'm not saying it's a bad line like that seems completely in character for this 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 woman to say but like i gotta imagine 
like you're writing a kid's book that's not that had to be a fight right or maybe it wasn't like to get that line in there like yeah i don't know i i don't know i mean it seems like such a (laughs) i mean that's like the funny it reminds me of of like being a kid and like getting away with saying bitch because it's like technically it's a dog or like saying ass and it's like technically it's a donkey so it's okay yeah (laughs) definitely yeah it is it is quite the line though i completely forgotten about it i i i I was like wait wait what am i reading here like i remembered it because i can hear jim dale saying it in my head oh that's right he had a weird voice for aunt marge yeah it was 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 quite the voice it's like wheezy and like yeah he's up up here talking as (laughs) i I remember this now yeah yeah um yeah i i just the the aunt marge stuff borders on like the we we've always talked about how this book the series toes an interesting line with the Dursleys where it's definitely abuse and sad for Harry but it's always written about in a way that makes it funny and also makes you confident that Harry's fine you know like like mm-hmm. he's dealing with it this is the first time where it's like actually been uncomfortable and distressing to read yeah and i even in this i don't even think that's a bad thing in, no, no, in this not at chapter. all. I, I actually kind of, kind of liked that, that tone. I, the scene where Harry is bargaining for the permission slip feels very grim, like, and that is the most like Vernon is like saying like I'm gonna beat you up if, <laughs> if you like yeah. fuck this up, and and Harry just like says like yeah, but if I'm beat up, she'll still know that I go to Hogwarts or whatever. Like, yeah, it, it feels like. It has a, a, a like gravity to it that it didn't in the first two books. In the first two, Harry was like really happy to talk back to the Dursleys and stuff, and here he's it feels a lot grimmer. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that's a, a good way to put it. He he does have a talk back moment, but it's like the tone is completely different, and it's when. I, I guess Vernon is telling him what school he goes to oh, and like right, yeah. and saying like, you need to be nice to her or whatever. And Harry says, I will, if she's nice to me and he ignores it. But I, I think the, like the tone is not cartoony and it's like, it's just very different, I guess. But I, but yeah. I do kind of like it in a, in a weird I, way. It's, I, I don't think, I don't think it could have lasted you know, like like no, Harry's getting yeah. older, like like more serious stuff is happening in the books. I don't think that the Dursley stuff could have stayed pure comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like, I, I just don't think that would have worked a third time. Yeah. And I think it's also a good I mean, looking looking in the future, it's a good um, increase in the stakes for for the inevitable serious. He could have lived with serious. Right. Like that. Yes, totally. It, it is showing that things could have been different. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it gives a lot more weight uh, to the main, the main plot, which is going to be refreshing after I felt like the chamber of secrets had zero weight to the plot at all. Um, unless you're counting <laughs> the heavy weight that Fox can carry. you've never heard of being petrified. Oh no, Justin Finch Fletchley. Oh, Justin Finch Fletchley. He was Colin my favorite. Colin Creevy. Oh, the photos kid. Aww. Hey, that's nearly headless Nick. hello uh so i so 
I think, like, honestly, not a whole lot happens in this chapter. No. Harry does storm out. He's fucking pissed, right? Like, yeah. this is he, blow, such... he blows Aunt Marge up and 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 storms out. And I I I I think the most triumphant line here, and like this is this is both a a great line for the scene and also like like finally from Harry in these books a great moment is him just flatly saying like she deserved it like yeah like, yeah i loved that and and the the he pulls his wand on vernon which like felt so satisfying after all of this which is like mm-hmm. probably the most like uh real a reaction i feel like i've had from harry since like mirror of erised chapter mm-hmm. probably totally. and it was like this triumphant moment and i was like fucking finally it felt very good i was i was very happy with all of that yeah i i I was just very i was very i i was i'm i'm there with harry for the like 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 she deserved this shit like like, yeah and and in a weird way and i can't actually remember how this goes down this uh in a roundabout way kind of makes hogwarts look really shitty and dumbledore look really shitty because he's gonna get in trouble for this right like for for doing doing some <laughs> underage magic or whatever the fuck like, uh he's he, no they like lead him to think that he's gonna get in trouble but they're actually just relieved that he wasn't murdered by serious black uh, i i don't I, oh I that's have, right he like meets with meets with fudge and and fudge is like kind of because Harry just keeps thinking he's going to get expelled. He's like, I'm yeah. a fugitive now. So I just I like. But yes, the the contrivance of like, oh, well, Harry has to stay with these fucking people is now more than ever. Just like this feels like incredibly shitty on Dumbledore's part. Yeah, it feels very bad because they are just absolutely the worst. And and Marge is also like awful. Um, yeah everyone talks about umbridge being being the worst worst mean character i guess i guess marge is pretty forgettable like we're gonna get out of this chapter and she's never gonna come up again i don't think yeah unless you like to go on reddit and read all about the physics of her blowing <sighs> up and, and... <sighs> yeah yeah this uh, yeah she does she does get inflated that is that is a true thing although i will say that as a kid um for some reason, I when I, f- I I distinctly remember first reading this and and reading blow up as in like blow up like a bomb like I like I was like Harry oh, ki- Harry geez. killed her. <laughs> I, I always thought about like, do you remember that awful commercial for Yoshi's Island that was like a ripoff of the Monty <laughs> Python just one waffier thin mint sketch? Yes, I I always <laughs> just thought of that like like the the guy in the yoshi commercial exploding and it being fucking disgusting like his, yeah his... yeah how did they get a... okay side note here just a complete sidebar how did they get away with blowing someone up in a commercial and like having his guts fly everywhere people just got they people got away with all sorts of shit back in when did yoshi's island come out or was, was it yoshi's story seven no it was yeah. yoshi's island yeah it was, it's like 97 96 yeah um but yeah, uh, I guess that's probably all I have to say for this chapter. Do, do you have anything? Uh, the school that Harry is supposed to go to, or like the, the cover story, St. Brutus's Secure Center oh. for Incurably Criminal Boys. I like is, that title a lot. It's extremely funny. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like that title a lot. And I like the uh, 
I, I there's there's something I appreciate in the in the Marge scenes where no matter what Harry says, it's the wrong thing. And like there's yeah. there's there's a little bit of like dark comedy in that where he's like, oh yes, they you know, they they use the cane a lot because he thinks that's going to be the the answer she's looking for, and then she gets pissed off. She's like, oh well, they're clearly not using it well enough or whatever because you you're talking about it so candidly like, <laughs> like like he just can't fucking win yeah yeah no it, it's I, I think this i think both of these chapters feel fun to read in a way that like even the dursley chapters which i liked pretty much from chamber of secrets like they didn't feel so snappy and so fast, even though I feel like I probably used those words, but this is just yeah. like an improvement. I think it's a little bit darker. I'm not saying that that's an improvement. It's just a difference that I think works really well. Um, and they feel just, just polished and feel fun to read. So I, and I am looking forward to reading more, which I haven't been able to say uh, for the past fucking seven weeks or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a while, huh? Since since fingers crossed, you know. Yeah, I, I'm still a little bit on guard because I feel like we always have this reaction after the Dursleys. It's we like, loved the first two 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 Dursley chapters of Chamber of Secrets. We love the Dursleys. We love the Dursleys. That's we love Dursley the, content. That's the truth. Yeah. We do. So. So yeah. So I guess now would be a good time to take a break, and then we will be back with some. Thoughts from the time period from 1999. Ooh, sounds great. A little time capsule. I can't wait. everybody um so a little peek behind the the shrieking shack curtain here we are recording this episode a little early uh because it's the fourth of july as a re- as of this recording and we figured we don't want a bunch of fireworks in the background uh <laughs> someone just lit off a massive firework uh near my house so if you hear a lot of explosions in the background uh i, I that's what it is I guess our efforts were futile. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is 1045 in the morning, which I, I guess I am I'm theorizing that people like are had have the day off today. And so they probably stayed up late last night and are now like rolling out of bed hungover right about now at 1045 and are going to light off some firecrackers. <laughs> and that's... Nothing, nothing cures a, a hangover like a firework exactly that's what they say they say they say drink some pickle juice and light off a firecracker oh what oh you haven't heard that oh for hangovers i was just thinking okay uh i've heard that salt is good for hangovers and and pickle juice is basically just salt and water right like yeah i mean i absolutely would drink pickle juice regardless of a hangover so i don't know what you're you're on about but i'm not a pickle fan i like cucumbers not pickles rather just have the cucumber hmm. um but never mind that that's that, that'll be our next bonus episode we'll have a, a pickle <laughs> versus cucumber debate um but the uh uh what i want to get into today so we are starting our third book season three hell yeah prisoner of azkaban right 
Um, mm-hmm. This is right around the time that Harry Potter was becoming like a capital T thing uh, in like broader pop culture, right? Yeah. Um, uh, like I mentioned before, this was the year that three Harry Potter books were at the top of the bestseller list for so long. Everyone complained and got the rules changed. Uh, so like Harry Potter had become kind of an institution at this point. And I went back and found there's so much out there in terms of like reviews and and, like little article snippets and stuff. And a a little bit of it actually crosses over with our first like bonus episode. There's a lot of stuff about like whether or not the books were satanic. Uh, I've left that out because we've kind of already covered that. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a little broader. I've picked some, a, I've got an interview from 1999 with JK Rowling. Ooh. Um, with kids asking her questions. So we, we're going to get some really good JK Rowling uh, kid interaction stuff. Uh, I've got a opinion piece about children's novels in general. I've got a academic paper on, quote, the real magic of Harry Potter. Ooh. And then I have an article called Harry's magic Harry's magic pride and I'm going to save that for for last cuz I want everyone to think about what that could be So far I, I'm to. thinking like seven deadly sins like there's got to be like six more it's like Harry's mm. Harry's gluttony Harry's uh rage Right all right. of that so, yeah, so that's keep, what I'm kind of thinking about but I'll put I'll a, percolate put a pin in that put Sure sure that. everyone just keep that in the back of your mind what 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 could they be talking about there um but yeah well, i'm gonna start with this uh interview with jk rowling from 1999 there's mm-hmm. some there's some classic s- stuff in here it's not very long um uh, apparently there's a video i couldn't find it we'll have to find that for another time because it sounds amazing uh so the this is originally from a website called family education website uh, I don't know. Familyeducationwebsite.com? Uh, that, that, it just says the source was Family Education Website, uh, October <laughs> 1999. <laughs> that sounds like a like a, a little MLA mix-up. Like you're writing your bibliography and you're like, <laughs> and, and like it was 1999. So I guess they hadn't figured out how to cite websites. So it's like, just describe it. It was a, it was a family, family website. <laughs> um. <laughs> so this this also reminds me i i i i took a, a gamble and in the way back machine i went to 1999 on gk rowling's website to see if it was if there's anything good there mm-hmm. but i guess it was 2001 that she really started going ham on oh, the website yeah, yeah uh so 1999 if you want to go go and look at it it is pretty funny the harry potter website is just a like a white web page with one of those like under construction banners at the bottom. Um, <laughs> and it just is like a list of uh, publishers for the, for the books with some very good clip art of like books, like prisoner of Azkaban, but it's like a clip art of just like a blue book. It's, it's very, it's very quaint. Um, but uh, so, okay. So we're going to start here. Uh, first segment of this, this article from, Uh, family education website. (laughs) She was due any minute. The cluster of kids outside the main school entrance bobbed in anticipation, their Harry Potter books clutched tightly. Dotting the crowd were a handful of police officers. They were brought in as a precaution amidst rumors of a parental protest in this affluent Boston suburb over a lack of tickets. Holy shit. Wait, the protest is over not having tickets? Over not having tickets. 
Oh, like I never like, did. I didn't even consider that was something I could protest. Right. That's direct uh, action right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I can think of a lot of things I don't have tickets to probably more, <laughs> more things that I don't have tickets to than the things I do have tickets to. So I feel like <laughs> I feel like this might be might be a, a new thing for me. Yeah. Ah, okay. Inside, moments later, the capacity crowd was ready. One of a dozen handlers from the publishing company stepped forward to announce the rules for book signings by J.K. Rowling, author of the best-selling Harry Potter series. Two books only for signing, no personalization of autographs, and no questions. There won't be time for to talk to her, so tell her... Or there, excuse me. There won't be time to talk to her to tell her all the things you want to tell her, a woman on the podium warned gently as some young fans groaned. But then there she was, walking on stage as flashbulbs popped and cheers went up. The author of what is most likely the sensational children's book series in history, this is a very weird article, uh, leaned against the podium, chewing gum, fashionably dressed in a long charcoal gray blazer and knee-high black boots with stacked heels. This is painting an incredible picture. Real fucking picture. Mm, I love it. J.K. Rowling just fucking strolling out, chewing gum, leaning against the podium, big black boots. Like, what do you what do you kids want? Are you um, picturing her blowing bubbles with the gum? Because I absolutely. Am. I'm also it doesn't <laughs> say it, but I'm picturing sunglasses here. For oh, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm picturing I her this. going like full like Audrey Hepburn style, like, like <laughs> celeb look here. Oh, yeah. Uh, as she stepped up to the podium, the creator of Harry Potter said with a touch of regret, I'm afraid we haven't got a lot of time today, so what if you ask me questions and I answer them? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Wait! Is is the author of this article, like, doing a, like, a, a bit? Like, are they, is this like a little Gilderoy Lockhart joke in here? I do not, this is, oh, this is so good. <laughs> okay uh rowling then fielded the following questions uh question how many words in the first harry potter book answer what kind of question is that yeah I, I, what the fuck <laughs> who cares uh <laughs> 86,900 and something see i do know it wasn't a bad question it was a perfectly good one wait she knew the answer did she write these questions did she wait what <laughs> What? question yeah i'm just it, 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 like just i'm just gonna let, let it wash over me let it wash over you because there's no explanation now like like there was a little bit of intro at the beginning but but now we're just in q a um uh I, the way that she says it wasn't a bad question it was a perfectly good one i have to imagine the crowd was like what the fuck like like someone wasn't pissed off in the crowd about yeah this, this why would you question. waste your question on that uh question how many harry potter books will there be Answer, there will be seven in total. Oh, you look happy to hear that. I'm so glad. Harry will come of age at 17 in the final book. Oh, no. I do not like that. <laughs> I just love... I do not some, like oh, that. Oh, you look, you look happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you look so happy that I'm tossing you this bone. Uh, I, I don't know why she threw in that last detail. It's like, thank you, I guess. Um, Harry will come of age. He will come of age. <laughs> what are your question? What are you going to call the fourth book? A. If you've been on the internet and seen that it's called Harry Potter and the Quidditch World Cup, that's a lie. But I don't want to give it away. Can you imagine if it was called Harry Potter and the Quidditch World Cup? Here's the thing I find weird about that. If that was like a leak, that's 
someone had some actual info there, right? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe there was like a promotional excerpt or something, but I don't think so. I feel like I would have known about it. Um, That would that would be quite quite the name, though. Yeah. Um, Question. Why did you sell the movie rights? Answer. The reason I sold it to Warner is that they've given me quite a lot of input and the, the way they're talking about doing it now, it'll be a really good film. I am, of course, still nervous they're going to make my characters do things I don't want them to do. Are these supposed to be kids asking this, these questions? Yeah, I think so. I I, I think I, I'm starting to get a little suspicious of of all all of this. This yeah. is so crazy. I do not. What? <laughs> <laughs> just like like, excuse me mrs wowling why did you sell the movie whites like (laughs) like, did someone hand her that question i don't like i don't believe that like these have to be submitted questions or like questions that she had heard ahead of time because the the word count one also these are such worthless questions i i we have to find the video for this because maybe that provides some extra context although without the context it's it's kind of even funnier to me yeah because i'm still picturing her leaning against the podium (laughs) and wearing sunglasses (laughs) so so yeah hey kids what do you want um (laughs) uh question who's your favorite character besides harry potter Answer, it's very hard to choose. It's fun to write about Snape because he's a deeply horrible person. Uh, uh, rude. Hagrid is someone I'd love to meet. Really? Snape, Snape is also my favorite character, so yeah. I guess she and I agree. It is fun to write about Snape. Um, question, how do you come up with names? A, some I make up, some mean something. Dumbledore is Old English for Bumblebee. I thought I made up Hogwarts, but recently a friend said, remember when we saw lilies in Kew Gardens? Apparently there are lilies there called Hogwarts. I'd forgotten. Oh, I did not know that little, Thanks, little fact. She was probably, she probably had her sunglasses on and was chewing gum and couldn't see the, the lilies. <laughs> this is Wait. such a good image of her that I'm going to, I'm going to recycle this image forever. <laughs> um, this, this, it feels like a text version of that fucking incredible picture I found and posted of her smirking at the camera while everyone else is really mad while she's oh, signing yeah. books. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, also, I just want to throw this out here. Um, I'm surprised there aren't a billion Reddit posts that are like, you know, Harry Potter goes to Hogwarts. Hogwarts is a kind of Lily, and Harry's mom is named Lily. JK's done it again. Like, I'm surprised that's not a that's not just like a constant Reddit post. I feel like you should maybe make that post. Oh, that'll get me so much karma. I know, and then maybe you'll finally be able to get in the Ravenclaw common room. That's right. I did say that uh whatever character it was was braver than any troop so hopefully that gets me some did you get any good good karma for that i i got a bunch of i got some upvotes for that nice nice um, so harry potter fans well then uh not respecting the troops just how way i like it um uh question will there be a harry potter tv show answer no that's just a rumor at the moment there's only going to be a film i've had some very weird offers a margarine company wanted to put harry on its margarine if you can believe it Thank you, JK. I think she should have allowed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Harry, I mean, at this point, Harry is on fucking everything, so. Yeah. Yeah. Then the final segment here, I, I, 
I thought this, this is the point when I first read this, I was like, maybe this is satire, but I don't think it is. I think this is a real interview. Harry Potter's fans and foes. I think it's just as meeting as exciting as meeting Pedro Martinez. And I'm a baseball fan, said 11 year old Zach, immediately following his close encounter with J.K. Rowling. 10 year old Olivia was equally thrilled. She blew a kiss at me. She beamed. Uh, this beats <laughs> Pokemon any day, says one mother of two. What the fuck? Uh, but in several southern states, the tales of wizardry that have captivated kids have alarmed some parents. In South Carolina, the South, the State Board of Education has been asked to re- review whether Harry Potter books belong in the classroom. The books have a serious tone of death, hate, and lack of respect. One oh, damn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I'm sorry, the, the, the image of J.K. Rowling, uh, in her, in her snazzy outfit, chewing gum and blowing kisses to the crowd <laughs> is so good. I... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that is something that is going to sustain me for a long while. <laughs> so I, thank you, I, family education website. <laughs> I I almost want the the video if it does exist to be lost forever because yeah. I they like nothing can can be better than the picture I have in my head of this. Um Yeah. I I'm not con- I'm not even convinced that it's real. This seems so crazy to me. Um and also God, people ask worthless questions. <laughs> How, How many, many words? words? How many words? How many words is in it? All right. All right. Uh, moving on now to something a little more um, erudite, I suppose. This is the New York Review of Books. Uh, mm. The cover for this issue is available. It is fucking incredible. It is at the top in like crayon font it says harry potter secrets and then there's the magazine <laughs> title but the cover is james fallows the internet billionaires and it's just this fucking awful photograph of of a guy in a tuxedo with a laptop laying down in a field um mm. i'll post it on on the website or on the on the twitter it is it is fucking incredible mm-hmm. um but this article is called not for muggles uh, I can't read the whole thing because I'm not subscribed to the New York Review of Books, but it is it is long. It is long enough. Yeah, yeah. Why are so many of the best-known children's book authors British or American? Can you well, spitball on that one? <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Other countries have produced a single... Okay, hold on. I... I had not really processed the first time I was checking this how wild this next sentence is. Other countries have produced a single brilliant classic or series. Denmark, wow. Instance, wow. Ste- step it up. Sales. Step Italy it up, Denmark. Tokyo. What the fuck? <laughs> France has Babar. Finland has Moomin Troll. A list of famous children's book in- books in English, however, could easily take up the rest of this column. Hey, I have a uh, theory on why it might be. It might be because you speak English. Like... Oh, what the fuck? No, no, yeah, non-English speaking countries. There's just one book is is the thing. That's it. Everybody gets one, and that's it. Yeah, that is that is maybe the craziest. (laughs) Like open, like what the hello? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) One explanation may be that in Britain and America, more people never quite grow up. What? (laughs) (laughs) They may sometimes put on a good show of maturity, but secretly they remain children, longing for the pleasures and privileges of childhood that once were, or were said to be theirs. And there are some reasons for them to do so. Just 
This is a barnstormer. Uh, this is from Allison Lurie. This is from December 16th, 1999. The no one cared about fucking anything in the 90s. You could just say whatever the fuck you wanted. History was over for, for like, if you were like the, the class of person who got to write in like the New York Review of Books about Harry Potter, you didn't fucking care about anything. You could just make up whatever and throw on a Sting album and go get some wine and everything would be fine. It was, it was a, a wild time. To be. Yeah, yeah. Some of this is just so like out, of, like it is based in nothing that I just don't even have a response, you know? Because it's like, <laughs> what are you even talking about? Uh, in most <laughs> nations, there is nothing especially wonderful about being a child of school age for the what first four this? or five what years. Is this? Boys and girls may be petted and indulged, but after that, they are usually expected to become little adults as soon as possible. Responsible, serious, future-oriented. But in English-speaking nations, ever since the late 18th century, poets and philosophers and educators have maintained that there is something wonderful and unique about childhood, that simply to be young is to be naturally good and great. It may be no coincidence that the romantic glorification of youth of the 60s and early 70s was most evident in America and Britain. Or that when they went want to make an especially touching appeal to voters, American politicians always speak of our kids. What the actual fuck are they talking about? I feel like this like person ha- got this assignment to write about Harry Potter and just like has a bizarre fucking axe to grind about it's... something completely unrelated and unsubstantiated. <laughs> and is is this like? Did Jordan Peterson write this? No, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe this is his his like pen name, uh, to get to get some, because 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 Jordan B. Peterson, even in nineteen ninety nine, he was probably beating that drum, right? Like, ah, it's probably if I pretend to be a woman, I'll have more opportunities in the reading world because uh, the white man is oppressed, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, like like maybe maybe. I just I just don't even know what this person is trying to say. Well, so so the magic you, of childhood to, to give you a, a paint you a picture here. Um, only the first like half of this article is available because I'm not charging. I'm not spending a hundred dollars for a year subscription to New York Review of Books. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, none of the, so the very last sentence that is available in the preview uh, is the first one that mentions J.K. Rowling. Mm. uh the I, I won't i won't go through the rest of this because it is all the same weird shit i will call out this line here uh james barry spent his summer holidays playing pirates and indians with the four davies boys okay first of all pirates and indians are like hmm that's uh, not that is not the game that's not the game uh um and then <laughs> And Lewis Carroll also much preferred the company of children to that of adults. Y- yeah. Um, mm. Got some, I don't know. Allison might want to read about Lewis Carroll. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like what the author's name is Allison. I feel like Allison didn't do any reading before just writing this down. Like, I just, I just feel like this is just whatever... Whatever off the top of the head into words. Yeah. Well, when you're sharing when you're sharing page space with articles like the new internet billionaires in 1999, I guess <sighs> fucking whatever goes, right? Sure. Yeah. Why not? This this was nuts. Uh, it's called Not for Muggles. 
if anyone has a like if anyone happens to have a like copy of this magazine or a a, a login to this website or whatever please let us know because i want to know how the fuck this becomes about harry potter moving on similar article here mm-hmm. um this is the real magic of harry potter by sarah kate stevenson uh-huh um this is a little bit of a, a stretch, I guess. This is from also from two, 1999. I think some. I think it might have been updated to have some stuff from 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's really one line I want to have in there. This is an academic paper about why Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling are so cool and and awesome. Uh, Rowling's brilliant series revitalizes learning in an even more immediate and tangible way because these books encourage children to read. Like the professors in her books, Rowling refuses to patronize children or to dumb down material. Her stories challenge children to expand their vocabulary and to realize, probably with the help of a parent or internet site, that may, um, that <laughs> many of the names... Family education website. <laughs> family education website. Many of the names and words in the book have interesting histories themselves. For example, Albus Dumbledore is an old English word for bumblebee. So that's true. We got that from our interview, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Voldemort, an anagram for Lord Morte. What? Makes a <laughs> what? For death. Um, okay, hold on a second. Voldemort is an anagram, but not for Lord Morte. I wish it was Lord Morte. What if his name was... Also, it's hang on, it's not. There's no V in Lord Morte. So what the fuck is this talking about? Wow, that's wow. <laughs> I am Lord Morte. <laughs> I'm just imagining. Yeah, just fucking imagine Tom Riddle wiggling his wand around. And <laughs> I am, I am Lord Morte. I am Lord Morte. Harry, that means death. In Lord Latin. of Death. <laughs> thank you thank you to to this article for for bringing that one to me that's that's good rowling creates so many other witty names that provide clues and insights into our characters yeah like serious black just named for the brightest star in the sky but also black which is dark thank you um <laughs> incredible yeah. i'm glad that i could get that little bit of background before i read prisoner of azkaban again so, so that's the um that's the real magic of Harry Potter is, is, is the kids like to go to school and also Voldemort is Lord Morte. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's just what his friends call him. Um, uh, I guess like, so there's like the inner circle of death eaters, I guess. So that's like, yeah, uh, like Snape and, and, and Lucius Malfoy and maybe the Lestranges uh, mm-hmm. and they all call him Lord Morte. Um, oh, <laughs> Only, only, Voldemort has only taught Snape how to fly, so I feel like his inner circle gets to call him Lord Morte. Snape is the only one that just gets to call him Morte. He gets to call him Mr. Morte. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Morte, for my wings. Hey, what's up, up, Mr. Morte? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Okay. Um, well, I, okay, so that's all been fun and games, but I hope you've still been thinking about our last one here and what the, what Harry Potter's magic pride could mean. Uh, is it, is it a, is, is it, is it Dumbledore for, for pride? I know that pride month is over, but. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you're closer with that one. 
I have no idea what the fuck this article is. It's so it's from 1999. Mm-hmm. It's from a series called New Books Dissected Over Email. So, so what, it's like wait, a, it's wait. like a yeah. New Books Dissected Over Email. Okay. Yeah, from 1999. I, so they're this is a book club uh where they're t- i guess talking about harry potter over email and that's the article this is a slate piece okay um so i guess we are probably missing like what this is a reply to but unfortunately because of the way that like way back machine works and stuff i can't find what the first article is or what the first but so like this is published in slate this is like one of the emails they chose to to, to publish but it it like starts mid-conversation and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna hit you with this one here yeah yeah brilliant tony brilliant i love your interpretation <laughs> of the wizard world as parallel to the gay world the young wizard's gradual recognition of his difference, the sudden revelation that there are tons of other people like him. Do you see a magic pride movement starting with witches and wizards insisting that muggles accept them and grant them civil rights? I'm longing to go to the magic pride march. Imagine the floats and costumes. I mean, this is pretty on the mark considering that J.K. Rowling has decided to appropriate flagging. Yeah, uh, that's true. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about muggles granting them rights, seeing as that seems to be a little bit like kind of the opposite thing that's happening. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. If in a in a in a opposite world where like gay people actually had all the political power, maybe this comparison would make sense. But uh... yeah, but I mean, I I do like good on good on tony i guess like this was 1989 so we didn't quite have any like context for how like i guess other than chamber of secrets which is just absolutely the worst we didn't really know how the like global politics story was going to unfold and i'm gonna say that tony's idea is just like a lot better than it <laughs> than it happened i thank you tony uh, you know, tony you're right and um uh, the the direction that these decided to go in is decidedly not that um <laughs> but that would be would be better although i guess we do we do get get gay dumbledore as as a little a little a little wink from from jk just a little just a little throwing tossing us a little a little treat yeah um, yeah it's not gonna be in the movie or anything so no. don't expect that but um, I, I just i just love the phrase the gay world like welcome welcome to gay world like yeah. the, I'm, <laughs> I'm imagining the wizarding world logo the new one like the new logo reveal but it just says gay world <laughs> welcome to gay world welcome to gay world harry um so then it kind of devolves into have you read it? Okay, I like your idea of foreign wizardry. Did you ever read Kingdoms of Elfin by Sylvia Townsend Warner? Uh, and it, and then this the rest of this email kind of just talks about what they like from this book. Hmm. Um, now here is the part where things go one hundred million percent off the rails. This oh. is the the last two paragraphs here. Paragraph one. It would be fun to take a school trip with the Hogwarters and see what details Rowling would assemble to build national styles of wizardry. Unfortunately, we do, you know, side note here, we do get to know what the national wizard shit is like. Uh, Unfortunate. 
Uh, but I liked, I liked to think about your other scenario. A foreign teacher joins Hogwarts. It's far more likely. Notice how Rowling structures the books in strict parallel centered around the school. First, we get a few chapters of Harry at home with his re- awful muggle relatives who lock him in the closet, starve him and cower at the thought that he might perform magic. His frustration at not being allowed, uh, his frustration at not being allowed to is part of the amusement of this section. Then we get a visit to Diagon Alley, a hidden street in London where witches and wizards shop for this year's school supplies. Then the trip to Hogwarts, generally on the Hogwarts Express, which leaves to the from the invisible platform 93 quarters at King's Cross. At Hogwarts, we get the rhythm of, of the school year. The classes, new teachers, spells gone wrong, midnight feasts, Quidditch competitions, bad marks for mischief, exams, Christmas break, so on. At some point, usually in the climax, we visit the Forbidden Forest, a spot of hazards and wonder right on school grounds. What's amazing is how Rowling manages to cleave strict cleave strictly to this formula, yet provides such a wealth of new details and such deep, dangerous plots that every book seems completely new. It's a trick other people have used. P.L. Travers in the Mary Poppins books, for example, always had a chapter in which one of the kids loses her temper, one in which we visit one of Mary Poppins, a relative of Mary Poppins for tea, one in which Mary has a birthday, and so on. But Rowling isn't just writing independent chapters. Her novels have an overall trajectory that deepens and s- develops from book to book. It's as if she's writing a sequence of sonnets. Okay, so that's a complete thought, right? That's a... Yeah, I, um, I, am, I am on board with all of that. Next paragraph. Not a succubus, by the way. A succubus is a female demon that comes to you in the night while you're asleep and has sex with you against your will. I was thinking of a monster that looked like an ordinary woman until you see her legs, which she doesn't have. Instead, there's a snake tail or a puddle of oozing rot. I've seen her called a melusine, but I think there's another name. Maybe one of our readers can think of it? Wow. What? Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. So this is 1999, right? Yeah. Goblet of Fire has not come out. Nope. What are they talking about? What the fuck are they talking about? What? Okay. Did they think that the monster in the Chamber of Secrets was a succubus? <laughs> I no. want to know so badly what this paragraph is talking about. It just uh, it just goes from, oh, J.K. Rowling, this is what her, her book structure is like, to not a succubus, by the way. Like, what? Tony, if you're listening, Tony. Please, e- please email us. Right well, away. Yeah. What was your email that that made this? Uh, the, uh, this is Polly. Polly wrote this email. Oh well, Tony uh, or Polly. Tony um, or Polly. What were you talking about? Um, I mean, I can't help. I I am I am one of the readers technically. I'm I'm you know twenty years late here, but uh uh with a snake tail that would be a naga, right? So I mean. There's uh, a I, I oh guess it shit depends oh my god mean. there's another Harry Potter connection what Nagas Snape's Nogger oh oh shit that is opening a, a, a quiet that's, Pandora's box here that's a, that's a discussion for another day but yeah just just it's as if she's writing a sequence of sonnets not a succubus by the way were they talking about J.K. or was were was was Tony like wow I'm so into the harry potter book series it's like jk rowling is a succubus like is mm. that what it, is not that a succubus it, she doesn't ha- she has a snake tail um <laughs> i i don't even have a, a singular guess about what that could be about i guess like because that's the thing is like the closest in harry potter that we get to a succubus is the vila and they are not in the books yet i i just want to know i want to know so badly what on earth i'm seeing i'm 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 going live here i'm seeing seeing if i can can figure out what yeah 
Yeah. What what Tony? Um Tony. Tony, tell me about the succubus. What this are is you... such a this is such a quaint, like I, I love it. I love this 1999 email discussion group about Harry Potter. The, and this was published in Slate. I mean, like that's amazing. Hey, this is this is uh this is like 1999 1999 Shrieking Shack. Yeah, it is. That could have been us. That could have been Hurtwood House. That could have been Hurtwood House. Come on, give us a oh. Okay, well, I found the next entry. This actually probably doesn't help because this is the next entry, but the uh. The next one opens with Dear Polly, thank you for the tip about Sylvia Townsend Warner. I'll check the library for Kingdoms of Elfin. And imagine confusing a succubus with a Lamia. I'm so ashamed. Five points from Gryffindor. Ooh. What's going on here? What are Ooh. they talking about? Maybe they are talking about Snape Snogger. Uh, I don't know what else it could be. What? Tell us where. What? What? Okay. Control F. S U C C. There we go. Nice. Okay, this is okay. We're going. This is this is live. We're going. We're going a little back here. I found it, but oh. also it only leads to more questions. Oh, Here's no. where it comes from. Meanwhile, I don't see Harry falling for a succubus. I think that's the word you were looking for. Hagrid Wait. might though. What with his? What were they talking about? Were they like trying to like figure out the like end game romance? They, they must be right. I don't know what. Where in the world you would you would take reading books one, two, and three and like, okay, who's Harry going to end up with at the end of book seven when he comes of age? And then be like, maybe it'll be a succubus. Why? <laughs> oh, I found it. Oh, my God. Okay, I found it. I found it. Okay, Wayback Machine has, has finally served me well here. Incredible. Uh, okay, this is uh, an email in this series titled Harry in Love? Question mark. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Do we even want to know? Okay. Um. Da, 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 da. Is Ginny a succubus? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read, read this, this paragraph. Because the last sentence is fucking incredible, but I need, I need a long runway here to build to it. All right. Dear Tony, you raise a truly terrifying specter, romance. Harry and Hermione sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Eight-year-olds around the world will turn queasy at the thought. Oh, I'm a little queasy. Of course. We did get the first glimmerings of it in Chamber of Secrets when Hermione, along with half the girls at Hogwarts and everybody's mom, got all dewy-eyed at the thought of Gilderoy Lockhart, that god-awful blowhard of a defense against the Dark Arts teacher, the one with the perfect profile. Rowling, please, you're giving girl kind a bad name. In Prisoner of Azkaban, there, I'm just going to let that one simmer. Yeah, yeah, it's simmering. And Prisoner of Azkaban, there are hints that Harry is sweet on Cho Chang, who plays the same position he does on Ravenclaw's Quidditch team. She's a fourth year, which makes her an older woman. <laughs> Thank you, Polly. Oh. Uh, then there's the littlest Weasley, Ginny, who conceives a crush on Harry as early as book one. It gets okay. her trouble. Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. I have to go back. I... <sighs> A 13-year-old and a 14-year-old, that does not constitute an older woman. Yeah, that's... Okay, that's that doesn't... Not... Wait, that doesn't even constitute an older woman if you're yeah, 34 like, and 35. 30, like, it doesn't yeah. It doesn't matter, like, what 
Uh, okay. Man, that Harry, he's got a he's got a thing for for the cougars who are yeah, a year I... old for a year, year older than him. Uh, evidently, wanting to make a good impression on your beloved is another impulse that can inadvertently put you in the hands of darkness. Is there more story to be milked there? Don't use milked when you're talking about this, please. <laughs> um, Ginny, for example, could turn into a knockout in book five. Oh yeah, fifteen. Oh, yeah. I hate this. Excuse hate me, this. fourteen. Ginny, Ginny, for example, could turn into a knockout in book five when she should be fourteen or so, winning too late the hitherto impermanable heart of Potter, then extracting just revenge by scorning him utterly, sending him off on a quixotic love quest. What the this fuck sound, are they? This talking sounds like about? fan fiction, uh, people. This Please does not... do not describe a fourteen-year-old as a knockout. <laughs> Um. Uh, sending out on a love quest just when he is most needed to save the world. No, I doubt it too, but it's a thought. Here we go. I'm more inclined to look for the sex pots of supernatural tradition: sirens, vampires, various enchantresses, those green ladies with rotting or serpentine lower bodies. What are they called? Who show up in, for example, Coleridge's Christabel? Can you see Harry and his rival Malfoy vying for the attentions of a mermaid? Well, whatever Rowling does with sexuality, you can share. I can't. What the I need fuck? To read, I need to read this sentence. I need. I need. I need this pure. I can't. I can't fuck this up. Well, whatever Rowling does with sexuality, you can be sure it'll be funny. What? Ah. What? I. All right. You know. <laughs> i got i got nothing i what is this this is slate in 1999 hello what the <laughs> colin, fuck 14 year olds knockouts and how the fuck do you read these three books and and get to like fucking like succubus and and i okay <laughs> you know well, everyone, everyone gives reality. like modern fandoms, you know, like they they say that fandom is out of control, but it's, it always has been. It always has been. I would say this is maybe more out of control because these are like well-paid adults emailing back and forth about teenagers fucking. And I don't like it. I don't like this. Yeah. yeah and, and no one is like, hey, what the fuck? Tony. Why was this published? No, this was Polly who wrote oh, this. Oh, I can't. I can't is... What the fuck, Polly? Hello? Poly, both Polly and Tony need a fucking timeout, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. They are not invited to Hurtwood House uh, until no. they. No calling 14 yeah, just... year olds knockouts in Hurtwood nope. House. Yeah, that's that's no good. Um, So, I don't know. Yeah, weirdly, uh, no succubuses in in uh harry potter unless you count the vila which i guess is like pretty close right they're more like harpies i think but yeah well they're harpies sometimes but like the the uncontrollable like the th you become oh, in the yeah. thrall of the yeah. the vila attractiveness i wonder what polly thought of uh of uh queenie in in fantastic beasts yeah well maybe they should uh continue this no they shouldn't this is canceled they I, they're not time, allowed to email cancel, time out no more emailing please i mean queenie is an adult though you yeah, know that's true. so that's a that's an improvement that's for sure she is a knockout but also in her 20s or 30s and not a child yeah yeah um i i do i i think it's <laughs> i think i mean that's like 
it's funny. I find the like romance speculation to be funny. I think it probably makes more sense once I get like further into Prisoner of Azkaban because I know that Harry apparently has eyes for Cho Chang, but um, I guess the the Harry Potter Endgame romance was a huge part of the fandom that I kind of yeah. forget about a lot mm-hmm. because it was you know obviously sucked. people thought it was going to be Hermione and then it was going to be I mean it was going to be Ginny the whole time I guess and um it's it's a whole it's a whole weird thing and i don't i i don't like it what a knockout what a knockout knockout romances from jk rowling that you know are going to be funny (laughs) speaking of knockouts what chapters are we going to be knocking out next week yeah so we're going to do the next two chapters which are chapter three the night bus and chapter four the leaky cauldron Hell yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to hopefully enjoying a Harry Potter book again. Uh, we will see. Fingers crossed at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, think, we'll, I our, think we'll like it. I think I, I, I think we will. I'm I'm feeling good about it right now, uh, mm-hmm. um, but I don't want to jinx it. So I'll say maybe um, <laughs> our theme song is. Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. You can check them out on Bandcamp. Uh, you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash shriekcast. We have lots of cool bonus content. We just put up a uh, episode discussing the film Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Uh, it's longer than the movie itself because we had a lot to say. Um, <laughs> you can also leave us a review on iTunes if you like the show. That is always a huge help. And, uh, you know, we have our chapters and we're, we're, we're feeling pretty confident about reading this new book. But, uh, you know, if you find the time, please read another book. Please read another book. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady there, makes ocean roll seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.